Hi, my name is Tanya. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from sexual abuse, anxiety, and people pleasing. For the first 10 years of my life, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. I was surrounded by alcoholism, drugs, sexual immorality, abuse, and generational poverty. Both my grandparents and my mom were physically and emotionally abusive to me. And it was at the age of four that my grandfather started to sexually abuse me. I grew up thinking that all people who were churchgoers were hypocritical and dishonest because of how my own family would attend church. They would show their good side to other members, but then were abusive and neglectful at home. When I was about seven years old, I was told that if I didn't accept Jesus as my savior, then I would go to hell. So I told my family that I believed in Jesus and accepted him as my savior without understanding what it truly meant. As time progressed, the abuse became more severe and I was blamed for each and every incident. A school teacher noticed that I was quiet, withdrawn, and made excuses as to why I wore long sleeves and pants in the summertime. It took me months to gain the courage to tell her about the abuse going on in my home. Me courageously telling her this information eventually led to me being placed in the foster care system. I bounced around several different foster homes, short-term placements, and emergency shelters. And the last foster home that I was at, which I had been told was a loving Christian home, I overheard the foster mom saying that she didn't want a kid that was going to be a teenager soon or one that didn't look like her. At that point, I felt rejected, abandoned, and invisible by all the adults that were supposed to love me and protect me. At the age of 11, I made the decision to never have anything to do with Christians or God again. Not long after I had ridden off God, my caseworker called to say that she had found a Christian group home for me. I laughed, and my response was, I'm out on that one. However, she still convinced me to go and to check it out. After visiting, I decided to give it a chance, and despite not having faith that the people there would be any different than those in my past, even though it wasn't the ideal place, I stuck it out, kept to myself, and focused on my schoolwork. Part of my living in the group home was that every week we had to get up early and go to church on Sunday. At the time, I was miserable, and I still wanted nothing to do with God. This home also sent us to a summer camp. Between the group home and attending summer camp, people started to be concerned that I was depressed. Because of this, I started counseling the year that I turned 13. Counseling seemed to help, but I still felt empty inside. That summer, I returned to camp with the same attitude towards Jesus and religion. I was tired of listening to things about God and Jesus because I didn't understand why he wouldn't just fix everything for me. I shared my feelings with one of the camp counselors. She began to help me understand that God doesn't make awful things happen to us, but it is a consequence of sin in the world. She also showed me scripture and stories in the Bible that applied to what I was feeling. Two of my favorite stories were from Job and Ruth. They both lost so much, but still chose to trust God and to have faith. This really started to change things in my head, but more importantly, in my heart. I had a long list of questions, but she was patient and answered them all. At the end of summer camp, I made the decision to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The idea that God offers grace and mercy as a free gift 
made me fully understand the love of Christ for the first time. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. I understood more of who God was and I knew that I had made a decision that would change the rest of my life. Things weren't perfect, but they were a thousand times better than before. The momentum of my life began to change. I trusted that God would not leave me or forsake me. I was surrounded by great friends and continued to grow in faith in my relationship with God. However, the relationships that were the hardest to see redemption in were those in the role of mother and father. But God has a funny way of blessing his children in the most unique ways. When I was a junior in high school, the Christian children's home became my permanent guardians. This is where the Lord allowed me to establish godly, motherly, and fatherly relationships. After high school, I attended college, graduated, and got my first teaching job in Amarillo. I struggled to fit in because I wanted to continue to live for the Lord, but I also wanted to be accepted by others. I was partying and was sexually involved with men that I dated. I was trying to live my life perfectly and run hard after God, but I forgot that he wants my heart first. I was ashamed because I had become the hypocrite that I hated as a young girl. After six years and feeling dissatisfied with life, I decided to move to Dallas for a fresh start. After moving to Dallas, I stopped going to church because I was ashamed of my actions and not living a perfect life. Driving on 635 one day, I saw this giant building with the name of a church on the side of it. I remember being very anxious, but I didn't allow my anxiety to dissuade me, and I decided to visit Watermark one Sunday. I was able to connect with other Christians, and I was amazed that they were admitting their struggles so openly. I joined a community group of women, but still struggled with loneliness and self-doubt. My new community told me about a ministry that helps you recover from unhealthy relationship dynamics and learn how to live authentically with Christ. I knew that my next step of obedience was to take a leap of faith and dive headfirst into recovery. So I decided to trust the Lord and started taking my first steps toward a healing. Through Watermark's sexual abuse ministry, I was reminded and convicted about my unhealthy coping mechanisms. When stressed or feeling shame and guilt about my actions, I would run towards others instead of running towards God. I realized that my desire to seek the approval of others was ultimately keeping me from having a deep and abiding love for Christ. Watermark sexual abuse ministry helped me see that I established unhealthy boundaries, was anxious, and I lacked a positive self-image. My life with God now is much sweeter and so much more fulfilling. I know my life isn't perfect, but I also know that God isn't asking for perfection. He is asking for me to surrender my whole heart to Him so that He can heal it. Ephesians 3.20-21 says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to, be, to Him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. With prayer and thanksgiving, I present my request to the Lord, and I try not to worry about the things that I cannot control. I now have the privilege of helping to lead a brave group of women through Courageous Hope, 
Watermark Sexual Abuse Recovery Ministry for Women, where I get to watch God fulfill his promises to bring hope to the hopeless and rest to the weary. If sexual abuse is a part of your story, my prayer is that you fall into the arms of Jesus and allow him to carry you and heal your heart. The forgiveness that I have extended to others and the joy that I experience only comes from accepting and following Jesus Christ. I am his child, adopted into God's family. I would like to close with these verses, which so clearly remind me every day to continue to run the race, to trust in the Lord, and to always set my eyes on him and his plan for my life. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. My name is Tanya. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from sexual abuse, anxiety, and people-pleasing. And to God be all the glory.